Hi everyone, and welcome to the Medicare Agent Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jacobson. Today we're talking with Charlene Covington-Plerkey in upstate New York about how she built her Medicare agency and how she used her 20-year career in insurance to launch her own business, PTI Consulting. Over the last six years, she's built a massive Medicare agency built completely on referral partnerships, personal touch, the right software, and a lot of hard work. Charlene also breaks down her AEP process step-by-step to share how she services hundreds of clients as the only licensed agent in her agency. Here's a clip from today's conversation. So my goal is to touch each person at least three times a year. Their birthday, the magazine, if not a sympathy card, it would be um, a holiday card. I just feel like this demographic of people, yes, they're, you know, becoming more tech savvy, but I have a more old school approach. I still like writing notes. Um, yeah, I have a lot of technical te- technology things that help me work on a day-to-day basis, but th- there's no way to warm someone's heart other than sending them a card, especially if they just lost someone. And instead of just sending Absolutely. an email, they can actually open up an envelope and see that I actually took the time and I handwrite, I handwrite their name and their address. It, it goes a long way when you do those little things. That's just a tiny taste from today's fantastic show. The Medicare Agent Podcast is sponsored by Fairstreet. Fairstreet is a CRM for Medicare agents that helps them manage all of their clients in one place. You can collect prescriptions, quote and enroll, create custom intake forms, do call recordings, and so much more. Go to thefairstreet.com to learn more. All right, let's get started with today's show. Charlene, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I've been really looking forward to this conversation because you've built a really incredible business. You serve your clients with just the utmost care, and I'm really excited to learn from you today. Um, So thanks so much for being on. And thank you for having me. So to kick things off, would love for you to retrace your story. Tell us how you got here, why you started the business and how it's grown over the last six years now. Uh, sure. I've been in the business since 2002. Um, I started off being um, a denial coordinator for a third party vendor. And I pretty much just grew through all the different insurance companies. I've worked for several different major insurance carriers I've been on the broker side, the general agency side, carrier side. Um, I've been a sales assistant, an executive assistant. I mean, pretty much every role besides maybe provider relations. Um, I've been in every single role that you could think of when it comes to insurance. So when it got to a point where I was working at a general agency and I was an account manager for large groups, I was noticing that as people were retiring, the HR person would come along with a bottle of wine, give them a cake and say, okay, thank you for working here for 30 or 40 years. Have a great day. Here's a 1-800 number for Medicare. And as I kept seeing that over and over again, I'm like, there's a gap. You're asking someone who's over the age of 65 to basically learn insurance from scratch. And it's unlike any insurance they've ever seen. So who's going to help them figure that out? You know, they're calling a 1-800 number, and every time they call that number, they're going to talk to a different person. So for me, I was like, well, they need to be educated from a a soft uh, perspective, not someone who's going to come along and 
you know, come off as a salesperson who's trying to sell them something, but just educate them on what their options are so that they kind of feel like they still have an HR person, but on the Medicare side of the business. So when I saw the need for that, um, I pretty much decided to just create my own agency based on that concept is I basically see myself as an extension of the human resources person that they they became accustomed to having for pretty much their entire career because every job you work at there's an HR person so I'm the extension of that HR person and I've worked with a lot of HR people over the years so I, I kind of know how to help them transition from group insurance into Medicare pretty easily I can speak both languages if you will because they are very different languages in technical terms so taking all of my experience and actually being a Medicare sales rep at several different carriers and then working on the group side, I tied it all together and said, you know, it's nice working in a Medicare company and being able to sit with someone and tell them what their plan choices are. But with the understanding that you really can't talk to them about all their choices, you can only talk to them about the one company that you're working for. But if I'm an insurance broker and I'm on my own and I create my own agency, I can talk to them about all of their choices and be really honest and neutral with them and say, well, this one or this one will be a better fit for you. But when you work for one carrier, you can only represent the carrier that you work at. So with all the knowledge that I had, it just made me realize that I need to be able to educate people, tell them what their choices are and allow them to feel educated and not pressured. Mm-hmm. when it comes to picking out what they need to do as far as transitioning from the group insurance into the Medicare world. Right. You have, I mean, just an immense amount of knowledge around this space from your from all the different angles, as you mentioned. But what was the moment when you knew you were ready to make the leap and really and go out and start your <laughs> own business? Like, take me back what? to that day where you where you made the decision. Oh, I remember that day very clearly. I was a sales rep at an insurance carrier. I was a Medicare sales rep more specifically. And I remember being outside at a table doing table marketing and just seeing people and just seeing their reaction to me saying, hey, do you, you know, you have any questions about Medicare and just seeing people's reaction to that. And I, I just realized at that moment, well, wait a minute, I can't keep doing this. First of all, I feel like a fish in a bowl. just sitting here um secondly if a person is you know trying to go food shopping or grocery shopping i'm throwing off their day by trying to talk to them about insurance and i just it just didn't feel right to me you know it just it didn't feel like it didn't feel genuine it didn't feel like i could really give them the personalization that they need um for such a sensitive topic I'm standing in a supermarket. Right, not exactly (laughs) a lot of privacy. Right, so I said to myself, you know what, maybe if I create my own agency and I build upon the relationships that I've created over the years with um, all the different brokers and companies that I've worked with, maybe I can still help people um, do what I love to do and actually make money all at the same time. It's a rare thing that you can do is where you actually work and you enjoy what you do. But I really do enjoy working with people that are over 65, but 
the key thing was I was literally sitting there at that table and I said, I can't help people this way. I'm not a good salesperson. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm not good at knocking on doors and cold calling people and sending out little advertisements and hoping they'll call me. I'm not good at that. I'm, I'll be the first one to tell you that's my weakness. But I am very good at educating people and empowering them to make decisions for themselves. So my defining moment was when I was outside and it was 55 degrees. It was table marketing in the middle of Manhattan and I was cold. <laughs> and I was just sitting there like, this can't be my life for the next 40 years. It, it can't be. Right. And then, you know, fast forward to today and you have a thriving agency built entirely upon referral from referral partnerships and from your own clients. How did that happen? Because that's a really different way of building the business to what you just described, which is table marketing, you know, kind of that more advertising or salesy approach you mentioned. So how did you build this referral based business, especially in the earliest days where you were just starting out? Um, well, in a nutshell, working on the group side of the business for so long, and I worked really hard, and everyone that I worked with could tell that I cared about everything that I did. So I gained a lot of trust with financial advisors, um, insurance brokers that deal with the group side of the business, and when they found out that I was creating my own agency, they're like, really? Well, give me your number because I'll send I'll send the people to you instead of the one eight hundred number. And it really came from the work ethic that I had over the years, um, working with all the, di the the different insurance brokers and CPAs and accounting firms, just different groups that I had. It was never me going to them and saying, "Oh, this is my business now. Okay, can you refer people?" I didn't I didn't have to ask because my work spoke for me and mm -hmm. I genuinely do things for people not expecting a thank you, but I do them because I genuinely want to help. And mm -hmm. I've always had that motto throughout my career. So just naturally when one person worked with me and they saw how genuine I was and that I wasn't, um, your typical cookie cutter insurance broker, um, one person led to talking to another person who talked to another person. And then next thing you know, I have a bunch of people calling me saying, oh, you helped my friend. Can you help me? Oh, uh, my financial advisor told me you're the person to go to. I've gotten all kinds of very interesting titles like Medicare guru and all these things. And I kind of shy away from that stuff because I'm a very, uh, I don't, I'm not really a forefront person unless I'm helping you. Like if you're telling me that you have a problem and I want to dig in and help, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. But then when someone says, well, let's put you on a stage. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. I've become very introverted almost instantaneously. But if I can help somebody else figure out if this is indeed the industry for them, I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. But I think that's such a powerful reframing. It also makes me so grateful that you're on the podcast because maybe this is outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, but I'm okay. <laughs> but I think there's something so powerful in that reframing of, you know, you're, you're helping someone, you're solving their problem, and that is leading to new business as a result. And that for you is, a, is the right framing as opposed to I'm 
going out and asking for referral or, or asking for new partnerships, which is valid and a lot of people take that approach, but that didn't feel authentic to, to the way that you operate. Um, I guess very tactically though, in those earliest days when people started to learn that you were doing Medicare and then referred their clients to you, how, how did they even know that you were doing Medicare if you weren't reaching out to them? Did you post on social media? Did you, did the word just get out? How did that come to be? The word just got out because one of the companies that I worked with, um, just so you know, like I hopped around in my career a little bit. I did Medicare for an insurance company and the whole department got laid off. So I ended up having to go back to group insurance. So now I'm back in group insurance as an account manager, but now I've got a full-blown Medicare background to go with the knowledge that I had as an account manager and on the group side of the business. So when I came back, all my coworkers were like, hey, you're back, because it was a company that I had worked at before. And when I was ready to go back, they were like, of course you can come back. It was like a no-brainer. There was no interview process. It's like, oh, Charlene wants to come back? Please, please do, because they knew <laughs> right, how right. I worked. Right, Pull up a chair so, for her. Yeah. Yeah. So then I go back and they're like, what have you been doing? I'm like, I've been doing Medicare. Medicare. Yes, Medicare. It's fun. And now I'm back in group insurance. <laughs> and they're like, well, I think I have somebody that, that has a question about Medicare. And I'm like, okay, but I'm here. Uh, uh, I don't have my Medicare hat on. I'm back in group insurance world. Somehow, some way, I ended up having two hats. One hat was wearing the group insurance hat. Uh, well, one head was wearing the group insurance hat and the other head was uh, wearing the Medicare hat. So I basically was doing two jobs for quite some time. And wow. it was fun because I was still able to tap into what my passion is, which is Medicare. Um, but at the same time, I, I got very little sleep, <laughs> to say the least. Um, and I did that for about four years. And then it just, I got tired of group insurance, then went back to a Medicare um, carrier, did that for about almost two years. And then I, I, I just, I gave up. That was when I was sitting at that table and was like, I, I can't service people this way. But the relationships mm -hmm. that I, I had for the four years that I was on the group side and doing both positions, um, everyone kind of knew me as the person to go to for Medicare. Oh, you got a Medicare question? Ask Charlene. So for four mm -hmm. years, you just I was built your you know, brand. It, yeah, it kind of was just I was the go-to person for Medicare. So then when it was time for me to branch off and create my own business, my, all my old coworkers were like, "Well, we're still going to call Charlene, right?" <laughs> so even the day after I left the company, they were still calling me. Even when I didn't work there, I worked at another company, they still were calling me. So I was like, and I always helped because that's just what I do. And it literally, once I did create the agency and I did let my coworkers know that I officially don't work for a company, but I work for myself and I'm creating this agency, they were like, and now we really will go, we're really going to start asking you a lot of Medicare questions. And I'm like, okay, great. And it just, it grew from there. It grew mm -hmm. from when I worked as an account manager. Right. But that's such a powerful way to build trust with people that ultimately are now sending their clients to you and also be able to see, see what it looks like from both sides, from the group account side and now from the Medicare side. I guess having been on both sides and receiving a lot of referrals from group health um, account managers, what, 
what do people on the group side care most about in that referral process? Like, what are they really expecting from you um, and the services that you provide to their clients? And how, how do you maintain that relationship with them? Well, for one, um, they know my work ethic. They know that if I don't know the answer to something, I will find it. I'm not a person that'll just say, oh, I don't know the answer and just brush you off. I will dig and dig and dig until I can find the answer. I do my very best to stay abreast of all of the Medicare regulations, making sure I'm staying on top of everything. And they just know that about me. And as I help one person, you know, you help one person, they have five friends that are all turning 65. So now you got five more people. And those five people have five friends that are turning 65. And then this one says, oh, well, I'm in New Jersey, but my friend's in Florida. Can you help my friend in Florida? Sure, I'll get the license in Florida. So now I'm licensed in Florida. And it just literally just hops from one person to the next, to the next, to the next. But it really started from my coworkers knowing me and my, and my work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they right. just think, and they expect me to just know what I'm talking about, but they know, they know that I know what I'm talking about because I have the passion for it. Right. And it's clearly, you know, your clients are referring, probably saying good things back to them and then also referring other people and that speaks yeah. volumes. Do yeah. you do anything as far as sending thank you notes back to your, uh, referral partners or providing education? I believe I remember you sometimes do presentations about Medicare to them. Can you tell us more about those things that are happening outside of that moment of a referral? Yeah. So depending on who it is that I'm helping and who I'm talking to, I tweak and tailor how I work with everyone according to what's comfortable for them, what it is that they expect from me. I, when I'm dealing with say an HR person who maybe wants me to do a presentation for all their employees once a year, um, I, I basically allow them to lead and I follow their lead. How do you want me to educate your employees? Do you want them to talk to me directly? Like I don't have a straight cookie cutter way of doing business with anyone because I feel like everyone works differently and everyone learns differently. So with every entity that I work with, whenever they're giving me referrals or they want things to be set up, I ask them what's comfortable for them. And then I feed off of what they tell me and then I tailor things according to them. Um, I do have a couple of groups that I do a Medicare 101 presentation with and, um, you know, they, they, every year they come back to me and say, hey, can you do that presentation again? Because we just want to know what the updates are. So I do have some clients that I've been doing that over the last uh, three or four years. Um, but again, it, it's really, I, I follow the lead of who I'm speaking to and, and basically try to set the expectations realistically on what it is they're mm-hmm. looking to have from me. I've educated quite a few HR people because a lot of times HR personnel, um, are not well versed on Medicare. So I try to, you know, give them the general basics. Um, I do have a presentation. Um, As far as thank yous, I do have um, a magazine that I send out. That's a personalized magazine with just me in it. I have that that I send out. Did you create that? Or I, how, how, I didn't know about that. (laughs) Tell us about the magazine. Well, I create, I actually sat on a webinar for this company and when I saw the concept, I said, well, that's kind of cool. So I have a magazine that goes out every other month. And I just started that. 
um, every other month and I give them a mailing list and they actually send the magazine out to whoever's in my mailing list. So it's basically a thank you to my clients saying, <clears throat> thank you for referrals. Thank you for being my client. There's recipes in it and it's, it's tailored to whatever the season is at that time. So I, I try to do that every two months and so that I don't over saturate any one of my clients or anyone I talk to, everyone gets two magazines a year. I don't want to do more than that because I don't want to inundate them with stuff. Um, if someone passes away, I have sympathy cards that I send out. Um, unfortunately, the carriers don't always tell you when someone passes away, but as soon as I get an alert that someone has, I send out a sympathy card from the agency. Um, I have birthday cards that I send out. So my goal is to touch each person at least three times a year. Their birthday, the magazine, if not a sympathy card, it would be um, a holiday card. I see. So three touches of physical mail that you're sending out. Yes, because each, I don't, every year. I just feel like this demographic of people, yes, they're, you know, becoming more tech savvy, but I have a more old school approach. I still like writing notes. Um, yeah, I have a lot of technical technology things that help me work on a day-to-day -day basis, but th there's no way to warm someone's heart other than sending them a card, especially if they just lost someone. And instead of just sending an Absolutely. email, they can actually open up an envelope and see that I actually took the time and I handwrite, I handwrite their name and their address. It, it goes a long way when you do those little things. You know, the, P, the, the name of my agency is PTI Consulting Services. So PTI stands for Personal Touch Insurance. So my motto is to always personalize it. Yes, it's insurance. Yes, it's a boring topic. It's not fun. It's not always an exciting thing to have to discuss, but let's add some type of personalization to it to make it a little less daunting. Right. I love that. And it, I think it's a lot of why people choose to work with an agent and specifically work with you is knowing that there's that personal touch behind it. Technology, and we'll get into this, certainly plays a big role, I'm sure, in how you run your business. But there is such an emphasis, like you're seeing the impact of that personal touch and not using technology in a, in a way that really matters to people. Um, speaking of technology and wanting to shift gears a little bit, we're at the beginning of AEP. And you are not back sleeping. to back to back, <laughs> not sleeping. You're back to back with clients, helping them through their reviews. Tell me how your process runs during AEP and how you've been able to manage a large book of business by yourself. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're last time we spoke, you didn't have staff. You were doing this solo. How, how does it happen? Well, I do have back office support. So when I say I don't have staff, okay. I don't have like a actual employee that walks in same time as I do nine to five, but I do have back office support to help me administratively um, for the little things, but I am the face of the agency and I'm pretty much the person that everyone talks to. Um, so I have my website and I have a mailing that I send out about three weeks prior to open enrollment, letting people know, hey, it's open enrollment time. If you have any changes, you can just go to my website, put in your, your current information. I'll get that. I'll work on your quote and I dig in, you know, each person at a time. And even with a large book of business, because I have a CRM that's very powerful. Um, 
In which CRM is that? That's agency block. Agency block, yes, and that's a common one. And it's really good. Um, I'm able to, once a person puts their information into my website, it automatically goes into my CRM. So that saves time administratively having to type in, in any information. I have another system that I use called Search and Save where all my medications are in there for each person. They're all in there by um, ID code. So all I have to do for someone I've had for several years, I put in the ID code, they tell me, oh, I just added this one medication. I type in that one medication, poof, I have my quote. It literally takes me, for a person who I'm just working on their prescription plan, it may take me all of 10 to 15 minutes from the time it's from quoting to looking at the plans to sending them an email and sending them the quote. I'd say 15, 20 minutes at the most, and that's just me moving a little slow. I, I think really wow. fast and I try to stay very focused when I'm working. When I'm on a phone with a client, I don't put them on hold um, so that they always have my undivided attention because there's nothing worse than being on, in the thick of a conversation with someone and all of a sudden they go, hold on. <laughs> so I try my right. very best to never put people on hold because I always mm. want them to feel like as if they, they have my undivided attention at all times. And I don't yep. mind working 12, 13, 14 hours. Um, that's what I have my coffee for. <laughs> exactly. Sounds like you're drinking a lot of coffee right now. But <laughs> <laughs> just just to back up, okay, so you you send out this email or this mail piece of mail three days before AEP. Mm -hmm. People go onto your website. They'll put in their updated information. You're running the quote and search and save. And then how do you take that quote and generate the email? Do you have a template that you're using? Are you sending that out just from your personal it's from, kind of Outlook or Gmail? It's from Outlook, but I have a template. It's a, like a, just a formatted, a, you know, hello, hope your day is going well thus far. Here is your quote. Like I have a certain uh, verbiage that I use in pretty much all of my emails. Um, okay. I, I keep it pretty concise. And I don't really get wordy. Um, they already know how sure. I work, how I work. They already know that if they need to talk to me, they can pick up the phone. Um, so I, I do all the grunt work in the beginning. When I'm talking to the person, I get really detailed in the beginning and very personal in the beginning so that going forward when AEB, AEP comes and I move very quickly, they're not put off by the fact that I'm moving quickly. They know it's because I'm trying to help them very quickly and get to my next client. So I set the right. expectations in the beginning, which really does help uh, your retention with people. Exactly. And then when you send out the quote, does everyone then book an appointment with you? How, how do you determine who should book an appointment with you versus who they don't need to? Most of my clients don't need to because they'll look at it and say, oh, this looks better. They'll shoot me back an email. This looks good. I don't really have to have a lot of phone conversations. I mean, now we have to record our conversations. Um, so I stick more, even more so I stick with email because it just makes it um, faster, compliant. Um, and then there's, there's, it just makes it easier, uh, easier workflow. Sure. I mean, it's only been what, 18 days <laughs> since we've had this new rule implemented. So I'm still kind of, finding the best footing for dealing with it. But if someone says to me, I don't get it, call me. <laughs> I'll write them back and say, no, you call me. You have to call this number. 
you call this number, a conversation will be recorded, and, you know, that's that. Um, so that's pretty much how I work. But for the most part, um, my clients are really good at um, responding via email. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I can see why it's beneficial for both sides. It's efficient. You're clear over email. People can review it at their own pace. Yes. And if they forgot and something, I can always eight... tell them, hey, remember on October 9th at 2.58 p.m., see that email I sent you? Oh, mm -hmm. that email. Yes, that one. <laughs> <laughs> that is helpful. Yes. Exactly. To reference what you did tell mm -hmm. them. Um, one last question around your AEP process, which is, so we talked about what the first 18 days, I guess, because we're on October 18th, look like. Are you just doing that throughout all of AEP? Is there a little bit of a slowdown? And then does it ramp back up towards the end of AEP? What's the pacing look like from here? Well, honestly, it kind of changes every year because it really depends on what the disruption is with the carriers. Um, there wasn't a huge amount of disruption with the carriers this year. Well, no, that's not true. <laughs> One of the carriers did pull out um, some of their plans, but um, I was able to pivot very quickly with that because I could look at my book of business and see which clients had that particular plan. So I kind of jumped ahead of it to say, hey, your plan is ending. Um, here's an alternative to that plan. You want to stay with the same company? Here's a good plan alternative. Um, historically, it usually is crazy in October. Because as soon as October 1st hit, gets here and people know that you can see the 2023 plan options, they're like, hey, show me 2023. Am I in the best plan? And plus, that's also when all the commercials start on television. So you usually get slammed with emails and phone calls, text messages, and et cetera, et cetera, the first two to three weeks of October. Um, and then you're basically trying to play catch up to everything and learn, just remember all the new rules and regulations and October is like your figure it out time <laughs> because everything right. is happening right. all at once. The changes, everyone's calling mm -hmm. you, the commercials, it's a lot. And now with this added thing with the recording, it's a lot in October. November usually slows down just a teensy bit, not a whole lot, but a teensy bit because you also have the holidays in November. So your last two weeks are usually not as crazy because people are traveling. They're going to see family. They don't want to be bothered with their insurance. But the day after Thanksgiving, after everyone's finished shopping on Black Friday, boom. Those last eight days or so, right before December 7th, yeah, you get, you're, you're getting no sleep. <laughs> wow. So it is, so it's a, a sprint in October. You can catch your breath for a few weeks in November no, and then not, it's a sprint not, to not the finish line. a few line. weeks in November, like a few days. A few days. Okay. <laughs> so you can get a full night's sleep for two days during AEP mm -hmm. and then you sprint to the finish right. line. <laughs> you might be able to breathe during um, the holidays. Well, I mean, that's about it. The week of Thanksgiving, you can breathe a little bit during that time. Cause like I said, everyone's traveling, but yeah. You'll, the breathing that you do during the week of Thanksgiving, oh my goodness, you get slammed right after that. Goodness, so there's, yeah, it's really, really no reprieve. Not really. Um, one, last question, one last question for you, because given how busy you are, I do want to let you get back to it. Um, 
you are very much into continuous improvement, whether it's learning about what's coming up in the industry, improving upon your business so that you can have better processes every single year. What are you working on now and what's sort of the next horizon for your own business um, and what you hope to be either experimenting with or improving um, over the next few months or years? Um, well, I'm looking to possibly, um, maybe, I'm not sure yet. I might start um, taking on some agents and creating a safe space for agents to come in and learn from a different perspective, a more personalized perspective. I'm tooling the, the idea around. I'm not, it's not set in stone. I'm not 100% sure. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a thought that may pop up <laughs> after AEP when I'm able to think again. Um, for the most part, that's pretty much it. Um, cause I, 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 mean, wanna, I really want to help agents have a different perspective when it comes to insurance. I go to a lot of meetings and mm -hmm. I see how agents are, um, and I don't knock anyone for how they want to work, but I, I always have people ask me that magic question. How do you do what you do? And I get that question a lot and I'm like, well, maybe if I could teach a few people how I do what I do, maybe they could do it for themselves. So I'm all about educating people, even if it means uh, another insurance broker and, and helping them be successful. I'm looking to possibly do that. That's wonderful. And I think you have clearly found something that really works and works not only for you as a business owner, but your clients are so grateful for, your referral partners are so grateful for. And I think that was one reason why we admire you and your work so much is it's very clear that you care a lot. There's a lot of personal touch. And I did not know that PTI stands for <laughs> personal touch insurance. Um, and I think a lot of why we started Fair Street is because we got so excited talking to people like you who are doing this kind of amazing work for their clients and wanting the industry to move in that direction. So I, I, and this podcast being extremely inspired by you oh, once again. Thank you. <laughs> um, perfect. Well, thank you, Charlene, so much for joining us today. And we will let you get back to that AEP prep. Thank you. Take care.